This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. If this were a normal year, we'd be in peak airline travel season. The airlines are flying again, and there's a new wrinkle for anyone considering getting on a plane. When they resume businesses, they enforce strict social distancing by not booking immediately adjacent seats. So you knew that if you booked something, there wouldn't be a stranger in the middle seat. Next to you, well, as of tomorrow, that ends, certainly on Air Canada and WestJet. Is it safe? And if you want a refund because you booked on the basis of that precaution, you are likely out of luck. So if you want to weigh in on this or if you have a ticket or you have questions, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I am joined by consumer advocate and journalist Ellen Roseman, air passenger rights advocates, Gabor Lukash and Tim Sly, an epidemiologist and professor at the School of Occupational and Public Health at Ryerson. Hello. Hello, Libby. Good afternoon. We're gonna Good st- afternoon. I'm going to start with Tim, Dr. Tim, Dr. Tim Sly, who is an epidemiologist. On a scale of 1 to 10, how dangerous would you say getting on a plane with no social distancing seats is? Well, it's not just the plane, of course. It's uh, it's all the ancillary uh, getting to it, uh, lining up, uh, and, of course, coming off. Uh, when you're in place uh, against the in your window seat with your air blowing right on your face and you've got your mask on and you've wiped down all the surfaces and so on, you're, you're fairly safe. But, of course, moving around, getting up for that baggage, mixing with people shoulder to shoulder, that's the problem. I, it's going to be a while before I fly an aircraft, I'm afraid. Uh-huh. And uh, getting rid of the distancing, booking the middle seats, how much more dangerous did it make it? Well, it's a probability game, really. I mean, nothing's ever 100% dangerous, 100% safe. So we try and uh, reduce that figure as much as possible. They used to think the wisdom was the two seats either side of you and two seats in front of you and one seat behind was about the danger zone. Well, then we know if you have a super spreader on the plane, uh, we did have one back in SARS-1 that managed to infect seven seats ahead and five seats behind and all the way to the windows both sides and two air, air attendants as well. That, that's, that's an unusual situation, but it just shows you that they're going to the washroom on the aircraft and touching those seat backs and lining up for your, taking your bag out the shelf above you is, is, a, is, a, is a potentially transmissible uh, event. Okay, uh, Gabor Lukash, uh, were you surprised that the airline changed this kind of midstream, and what's your reaction to it? I'm not surprised and disappointed. It strikes me as the airlines are putting their profits ahead of the public's health and safety. Even as we speak, Transport Canada has clear recommendations to maintain physical distancing on board aircraft, and in fact, all provinces recommend physical distancing, not only in closed spaces, such as an aircraft, but even outdoors. So I am really struggling to wrap my mind around the idea that when you're outside or you have lots of 
air circulating, possibly even wind, you do have to stand two meters apart. But when you're on aircraft, you can be just less than a foot away from someone else, even if they are wearing a mask. Something doesn't add up to me scientifically. And I don't believe I'm alone with that. Uh, just yesterday, last afternoon, the British Columbia health uh, officials also articulated some concerns and pointed out that they have not seen any of the evidence to support uh, what the airlines are doing. Ellen, uh, the airlines are saying we're following the guidelines by, from IATA, which is the International Air Transport Association. Is that good enough? I don't think so. I, I do notice that some of the American airlines are also uh, getting rid of the uh, uh, social distancing. But while COVID was fairly new, I heard about a doctor who was flying around to conferences and he caught COVID on a plane. And we knew about it because he was a TV doctor. He was often on one of the American TV stations. And he said he was fully masked. And that's one of the things that the airlines are talking about. Well, you have a mask, so you're protected. But he said that he figured that somehow or other a droplet landed on his forehead, which is not covered by a mask, and he might have, you know, put it into his eye, and that's how it happened. So he was saying what you really need is a visor as well as a mask to be fully protected. So I just don't trust airlines and airplanes, and in particular the bathrooms. You know, if you have twice as many people on the plane, you're using these bathrooms, which are small, they're hard to sanitize, or is there going to be enough time for the uh, staff to keep coming in and cleaning it in between uses? And that puts a lot more pressure on them, and it makes me very uncomfortable to think of going on a plane for any distance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Sly, uh, I heard one health expert quoted saying, you know what, there's a special HEPA filter on the plane and that makes things okay. Would you agree with that? The HEPA filter is, uh, all the air passes through it. And so that little nozzle above your head does blow down air onto you that is, can be as reasonably safe as possible. And remember, nothing's 100%. And so if you have your, that blowing on your face all the journey uh, and you have a mask on, and personally, I wear a, a baseball cap or something over your eyes as well, that's going to be uh, not too bad. But remember, once the air is in the aircraft, it's not just onto you. I mean, the air is moving around in a kind of a series of donut fashions around the aircraft. Uh, you're still in the in the same soup as everybody else. It's distance is the thing, Libby. I mean, uh, if if we had the distance there, we wouldn't even need a mask. You know, more than uh, two 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 three meters, we, we wouldn't need a mask. We don't need it. But once you're close by, uh, that's where the danger takes place. So a mask tends to reduce the risk quite a lot. And, uh, N95 is better than a surgical mask, or double masking is even better. But uh, certainly uh, the HEPA filter by itself isn't going to be a solution to anything. And what about Ellen's concern about the bathrooms? Well, exactly. That's what I call a pinch point. That's the kind of thing where all these factors come together. Uh, what you can do with a bathroom is fit, fit in a, what they call a high-volume misting device, which uh, between patients, uh, patients, <laughs> between visitors to the washroom, uh, you can have this little device turned on. It forms a, a mist of, uh, of it's a chlorine-containing compound, but it's not irritant. You don't smell like doesn't smell solid chlorine. Must look at people have swimming pools and they use salt water uh, electro, electrolysis to create a. Antiseptic thing. That that thing would be good between uh, visits to the bathroom, but it's the visit up and down. You know, we all touch the seat backs as we go up and down towards the bathroom because the plane's rocking a bit. Well, of course, you know, you can't sterilize the seat belts, the seat backs 
uh, all the way down to your seat every time somebody walks down. It's, it's fraught with, uh, with potential. Okay, I'd like to get on to the subject of refunds then. So uh, the airlines have changed this policy midstream. There are people who booked uh, based on the fact that there was social distancing. Now there is none. And uh, what's the likelihood of getting a refund because of that, Gabor? Well, uh, it's a general principle of law that if you purchased a particular service based on some representations made to you based on the airline telling you this is the service you are going to get, including an empty middle seat, and then they renege on that, you can get a refund. It's no longer the same service. In practical terms, I expect passengers to have uh, some challenges in enforcing their rights because airlines have been stonewalling all passengers, even when the flight was entirely canceled. So I would recommend to hold your ground, send a letter saying that this is a material change to your flight and therefore you no longer wish to fly in such circumstances and you don't accept what they have done, and then uh, proceed to a charge on the basis of services uh, not as described with your credit card company if necessary. Ellen, what do you think? In the aftermath of COVID, I think the biggest issue for most consumers in Canada is the airline refunds. I've never seen this happen before where the airlines are going against their responsibility to give refunds under the law. The government is siding with them. Justin Trudeau and Mark Garneau have been confronted. Uh, Mark Garneau has cut off access on Twitter to consumer advocates like Gabor Lukash and his 30,000 members. And then he talked about a chargeback. Normally, if the company you're dealing with says no, you can go to your credit card company and they will take an, an independent review of the issue. And if they think the merchant is wrong, they will charge it back to the merchant so you get a, re- a refund. And a lot of these bank credit cards are not doing it. They're just saying no. The airlines are telling us that a voucher is good enough. You're getting a voucher for two years. You're going to get a flight and you'll be able just, to get your service. Ellen, just but, a minute. Where's Where's all that noise coming from? I'm not on my side, I don't okay, think. Okay, yes, if we could, uh, it was getting hard to hear you. Okay. Yes, go on, please. Yes. So the credit card company should be the last resort where you can get an independent review and get a refund if necessary. But a lot of the banks are taking the government side and the airline side and saying, well, if we force this, uh, the airlines are going to go bankrupt and that's bad. And so a voucher is good enough. But we know for many older people like your listeners, a two-year voucher means nothing because they might not be able to travel. They, they're worried about safety. They might not have any reason to take a trip. For many people, they've booked a special trip, and then they're not getting the refund for that. And it is just a tremendous loss of faith uh, in the consumer rights. And uh, I, I, I credit uh, Gabor and his group for trying to raise this issue, and we all have to because it's just not right. If the government wants to save the airlines, let them do it in another way than forcing passengers to subsidize them, passengers who were not getting a service that they paid for. We are talking to a number of consumer experts and an epidemiologist, but first I am going to go to the phones. We've got Tony in Mississauga. Hi, Tony. Hello, Libby. Listen, um, so back in December, I booked my uh, flight with Expedia, which also included accommodation and transfer. And as soon as the uh, COVID came about, I was given a full refund for my accommodation, a full refund for my transfer, 
but unfortunately the airline are not giving me a refund at all, and I've just been giving the runaround. Now, my, my deal is that if I dealt with Expedia, shouldn't Expedia refund me my money? Um, I'm going to let Gabor answer that. Thank you. Okay, we'll let you go. Uh, it's an interesting question. So normally your contract of carriage is between the airline and the passenger. Expedia is an intermediary. You will likely find in most cases that your credit card has been charged by the airline, not by Expedia. They may charge a small fee, but generally the airline will charge your credit card as well. In any event, if you are not provided the services you have paid for, you do have a right under, for example, Ontario Consumer Protection Act to a chargeback with your credit card. Yeah, except uh, except lately the the airlines have not uh, the credit card companies have not been honoring that. So uh, that, that's not that, that's not entirely the case. It depends which credit card company yeah. we are talking about. We are we are seeing a lot of good uh, news generally with Mastercard. Mastercard International has taken a clear stand that it is, it is not lawful. It's not acceptable to impose vouchers on passengers, and they have a written policy on their on our website actually, which we obtained, which is very clear. Visa is kept middle of the road. American Express has been very combative, and that's the case where we already have some passengers who outright refuse to pay their bills because American Express is being so combative and disobeying the law. So certainly if you have a MasterCard-based credit card, we have seen some black holes which are are kind of outliers. Uh, Walmart MasterCard is an outlier. Capital One MasterCard seems to be an outlier. Uh, But generally our experience is that MasterCard International has some willingness to step in and correct things when it comes to chargebacks. And, and Gabor, when they do that, do they charge it back to the airline or do they eat it? They charge it back to the airline. And, and ha- then the airline, in many cases, the airline will then dispute the chargeback. We don't let it scare you. You just write a rebuttal. You provide documents. You dispute each of the often fraudulent documents that the airline will submit, which we have seen a number of cases. And you explain why the documents are not what they claim them to be, why it's fraudulent, why it's false. And, and eventually you win. Well, and adding insult to injury, there are a lot of people whose flights were canceled who had purchased cancellation insurance. And if they were offered a voucher, the insurance companies were taking the position that, that uh, their claims were satisfied. And on that one, I, I see that in the case of many insurance companies, the policy supports that interpretation. So I would say it's less a concern for me with the insurance companies it's more concerned what the airlines are doing, to uh-huh. be fair. Okay. Uh, Ellen, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I think that if, if, you, if you buy a ticket that's a refundable ticket, which is very expensive, I guess that's your yeah. best bet for getting a refund. Yes, but a lot of people don't do it because under the old situation, uh, the, 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 the non-refundable ticket... Um, was usually giving you a credit for one year if you canceled. So you had some leeway there. But then they introduced another one called basic where you had no leeway at all. And as soon as, uh, something happened, uh, like if you changed your mind, uh, you lost all your money. So now they're just saying that all these tickets are pretty well non-refundable. I'm not even sure if they still have the refundable anymore because they're they're making up the rules as they go along, which is really un- unfair for the customer. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Sly, I would imagine, Dr. Sly, that people who recently bought a ticket, not before the pandemic, 
and uh, they're looking at their ticket and they, 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 they're unlikely to get a refund before their travel date. They might just bite the bullet and travel. Is that dangerous? Oh, my goodness. Well, it, it might be. The problem is we just don't know. I mean, you know, nobody can look at the passenger next to you and say, oh, you're infected. We haven't got a clue half the time who's got the virus and who doesn't. And so it's a, it's a gamble. It's a risk. You may be perfectly satisfactory you're flying to Hong Kong even without any any incidents or any infection. On the other hand, a quick trip to, uh, to uh, the Midwest might be a, a problem. We just don't know. Okay. Let's hear from Roger and Lindsay. Hi, Roger. Good day. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, surviving this uh, different world, but uh, uh, what I'm voting for is um, my wife and I had booked a trip to Portugal, and we took out cancellation insurance. And um, uh, I won't mention the company, but uh, there was a three-day policy that if you um, canceled for any reason within three days, uh, you would get half your money back. Sorry, within three, oh, three days before the trip was going to take place. Yes. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter what excuse we had. It, there was no, as long as we were within the three days of, uh, well, pardon me, from the time that we um, booked our trip, the time we took our cancellation insurance out, yeah. Um, the um, uh, th- that sort of uh, was, yeah. I just got interrupted there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did you get your money back? We got half of it back, and we were quite happy to get half of the back. And with cancellation insurance, uh, that we sort of never travel without ever going without cancellation insurance. And wait a minute, um, did you cancel? We only got half back. And as I told people, because we were supposed to go to Portugal, and it wasn't that bad at the time, but it was the best money I ever lost in my life. We lost $3,200, but who cares? Uh, uh, I I worked in the health profession uh, uh, business as a tech, and and my wife was an RN, so our appreciation of the situation uh, with COVID and stuff and isolation, uh, we were trained quite intensively with it in the hospital. So, uh, Just uh, one question before I let you go, Roger. Uh, did you cancel or did the airline cancel? We canceled. Oh, okay. And we can cancel for any reason at all with, within that um, three days. And that was the point that was, I thought, very interesting. And I don't know, all companies are different, but we, we did cancel. Um, and um, because of this... Uh, COVID situation, um, you know, and I, I'll be honest, uh, speaking to you uh, with uh, the way they're doing, doing the airlines now, because of the way this disease uh, spreads, it, 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 we're the host. And as the crowd is, it's not complicated. It's the more people you get, that's where it breeds and that's where it spreads. Okay, Roger. Um, we, and that. just so you know, we... Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, does that sound like a good deal, Ellen? You buy uh, insurance to get half your money back? I'd rather see them get all their money back. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it with uh, Expedia, uh, as our caller before says, you can escalate it within the company. When I was doing my um, 
regular consumer column for the Globe and Mail, I had a great relationship with Expedia. And if it came through me, Expedia would often say, well, we think that the airline or the hotel is wrong, and we're going to uh, give the passenger a refund. So they would eat the refunds. Now, obviously, they don't do that for everybody. But if you have access to a sympathetic media person, and you can get them to forward an email to a company like Expedia, you can often get a refund. Well, a lot of them now, they don't even, uh, the media, the, you they don't list, even media can hardly get in touch with uh, anybody, even for a statement, let alone a refund. Uh, they're so, under attack, so I guess they're retrenching. Yeah, so, I mean, what's the bottom line on this, Gabor? I mean, I, I would think... At this point, when I look when I look at it personally, and and my husband and I were going to take a big trip, I don't trust the airlines with either my money or my health. So, uh, you know, it, it was, I very much agree with you, Libby. I, I think you know you, you just took the words out of my mouth, and and it's exactly what I would have wanted to say. You cannot trust the airlines with your money or with your health. And for the time being, I regret to say, do not travel. Stay home. It is safer for your health, safer for the health of those at the destination. It is safer for your financial health, as the airlines seem to be now in the business of effectively stealing consumers' money and not actually providing a service as contracted. Yeah, and and Ellen Roseman, to that point, I mean, if, if you have a lot of money, I mean, the only way you want to make sure that you get what you pay for is buying a ticket that is fully refundable that can be, you know, twice as much as the other kind. Even with the refundable ticket, sometimes they make you wait a heck of a long time to get that refund back, especially at the beginning. Um, I think car travel still works okay, especially if you open the windows and if you have, uh, you know, a, something, a sunroof or something, at least you get some air in. But on the airline, there's no way to get absolutely fresh air in other than what's recycled. Okay, even though the Europeans want us, we're not driving to Europe. Uh, Dr. Timothy Sly, I'm going to leave the last word to you. Uh, your advice, if, if somebody after all this, wants to travel, what are you telling them? Uh, think carefully about it. Look at the alternatives and uh, make a wise decision. Remember, if you do get this thing, it's not, uh, it's not influenza. It's more serious than that in many cases. Okay. Um, thank you, and happy Canada Day to all of you. And uh, we will we'll have to wait and see if, if this new policy helps the airlines or, you know, it might even uh, frustrate their own efforts to get back on their feet if people don't trust them. Okay, so thank you very much, Dr. Timothy Sly in Toronto, Ellen Roseman in Toronto, and Gabor Lukash. Uh, thank you very much for that. Thank you, Lady. for having me. Okay. And we are heading into Canada Day, and I'm going to be off for a day, and Bob will be here uh, in the chair for Canada Day. I'll be back on Thursday, and right now, happy Canada Day for everyone, and that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.